Welcome to the Brad and Taylor Show. Today we have Katie Kwiatkowski. You're listening to the Brad and Taylor Show, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs to pursue their passions. We're sitting down with some of the best to learn how they got started and some lessons they learned along the way. Hey, Katie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? We're good. We're doing good. We're doing good. Well, let's get this show started. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Like, what do you actually do? So um, I am a real estate broker in Sylvania, Ohio. Um, I've been in the real estate industry for approximately, well, since 2009. So going on 15 years. Um, And it's been pretty good to me so far. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy what I do and I get to work with my dad and my husband. So doesn't get much better than that. There you go. That's awesome. So, so you kind of started right when uh, everything was kind of pretty low. So you're like, I mean, you kind of yeah. start right from the bottom from there. So just work your way up from there, huh? Right. When I first got into it, people were like, what are you thinking? It's such a hard market. But my motto is when you learn when it's tough, it you learn a lot quicker because you don't have a choice. And yeah. um, I feel like I learned a lot and I can help people in a different way. So that's awesome. So when you were uh, when you were younger, did you plan on being an agent when you grew up, or what did you have planned? No, I didn't actually. So I was always like a financial accounting type person, and I like to. I used to actually go to the office with my dad a lot, and I like to be in the office working with his um, administrative people. Uh, and he started taking me in when I was in like third grade, and you know, he'd go on business trips and we'd go, you know, as a family. And I remember being in New York city and watching all the businessmen and women walking down the street in their suits and thinking someday I'm going to be here. (laughs) So (laughs) went a little different route, but I always have had an interest in the financial and accounting side of things. So that kind of kicked my career off. Nice. When you first started out, were you on a team or did you start solo? Um, When I got into real estate, I started out on a team. My dad had a team. Uh, well, he was in, he was a big um, sales agent in the area and he had administrative support and another agent working as a buyer's agent. So um, I've never been on my own. Nice. And now you work with, you said your husband and your father still? Right. So nice. uh, my husband and my dad actually both got in the business in 2004 and they each had their own teams. And when uh, Doug and I got married, it just made sense to join teams. And uh, we've since opened our own brokerage. So it's been expanding and it's been a great thing. Yeah. I know you guys have been going pretty fast. Yeah. Awesome. When you first started out in real estate, is there any advice that maybe you had gotten from anybody in your life that has just stuck with you throughout the years? You know, I've had some great mentors in my life. Um, My dad was always one of them. But when I first graduated from college, I worked in the auto industry. I graduated up in Michigan. And so I was around the whole auto thing. And I was a contract manager with um, GM and Delphi. And the person that I worked for kind of took me under their wing. And I was in my late 20s at the time. And he he told, he gave me a picture of a guy riding a bicycle and said, if you can um, perfect balance in your life between work and your personal life, you will have it all going on. And, and that always really stuck with me because, you know, growing up, my dad was always 
coaching, you know, my brother's softball teams, baseball teams, soccer teams, but yet he was super busy with his life. And so I think, you know, you, you see that, but you don't realize how difficult it is in an industry that pulls at you nonstop. You know, I mean, real estate's a 24 seven business. You can't really turn it off, but I do believe that if you don't find the balance, you will never be successful. Yeah, I know a lot of people have issues when they first start out, especially finding that balance, just because it is so hard. You can't turn it off. There's no weekends. There's no vacations, typically. And every time you plan a vacation, that's when business tends to pick up as well. So (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, we do take vacations, but you can't really always turn it completely off. Right. But, But I think more than that, it's about finding the timing that works for you. So you know, for me, I'm a morning person and I get up and I'm very routine, but even if I'm on vacation, I'm checking my messages first thing in the morning, tying up loose ends. And then if I'm off for the day, there's always someone that can cover me. But, you know, those refreshing moments you need in your world and you have to make time or people will, you know, they'll take every second you have. Yeah. When you first started out, did you have that balance? Or is that something you kind of learned over the years? No, (laughs) I definitely did not. I'm getting better at it. I will say that um, part of the drive for me with opening the the new brokerage was to get a little bit closer to home. And again, just like when when I first got in the business, the market was crazy. When we decided to open our own brokerage was during COVID. And so, you know, people were probably like, what are they thinking? You know, we were successful as a team working with a great brokerage um, uh, under Remax, and we learned a lot from them, but just wanting to be closer to home and having the ability to, you know, I have a nine-year-old son, and then I have a daughter who is 19, so I have a big age gap, but I lost a lot of time with my daughter, and I feel like I don't want that to happen with my son so I've been trying and it's an endless, you know, pursuit to get that balance. Mm-hmm. I haven't perfected it. I don't know if I ever will, but I am much better at it now than what I used to be. Because when you first get in it, you know, you want to have everybody happy with you all the time. And I think you just have to realize that you can't make a hundred percent of the people in your life happy a hundred percent of the time. So um, I'm getting better. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's very common from a lot of people who we've talked to here on the podcast. That's the one thing that I've heard from almost everybody. Finding that balance is hard and everyone is always trying to get better at it. Absolutely. Take us to your first transaction. How did that go for you? So my first transaction um, actually was with a first time home buyer. And in my previous um, job experience, I had worked as a loan originator for a short period of time, and I'd worked at the title company. And obviously being with the contracts, I kind of had a well-rounded background, which made it a little easier. Um, And I had bought and sold my own home. So, you know, you have a little bit of that getting into this a little bit later in life than coming right out of college doing it. Um, So, I was working with the first time home buyer. They they don't understand a lot, but it gives you a lot of opportunity to help guide them. And it's such an amazing feeling to know that you are helping somebody buy their first home. 
and they trust you. You know, it's not like somebody that's bought or sold three or four homes and they may know what they're doing and have an idea of what they want. You're literally helping somebody and also oftentimes dealing with their parents who think that they may know more about the market or, you know, so, but also knowing that my dad and mom were the same in my life, like that put it in perspective for me. I understand that they want to be there to help them. So it's just that, you know, helping them understand and and also allowing the parents to be a part of the process. But sitting at that first closing table and actually having accomplished a sale, it was huge. And, and I do enjoy working with all people, but first time home buyers, they're, they're extra special. (laughs) I know you mentioned the parents being involved and that is very common. I mean, what, what first time home buyer doesn't want another opinion from someone that they trust in their family? Is it easier to work with the couples that are, have the family or no support. What one's easier, do you think? You know what? I would say it kind of goes both ways. I've worked with some great um, first-time home buyers that have had parents come through, but then I've also worked with some where I feel like their parents are trying to steer them to what they want, not necessarily what their mm-hmm. child wants. And while I think the advice is good, I also feel like, and I've actually said to my clients before, you know, you, you may need to have that hard conversation with your parent about what you want. And I think, you know, if they're helping with gift money or something like that, they may feel a little bit more obligated to buy what their parents want. But in the long run, you have to be happy with what you're buying because you're going to be the one making the payment. And that's just kind of been my advice. Um, But there's only been a two, uh, you know, two or three where I feel like the parents have really just gotten too involved and really wrecked the deals because they just, I don't know. It's almost like they want the kid to stay living with them or something, you know, it's, it's a thumb keeping them under their thumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably hard for some parents to let go when it comes to that situation, especially if they're helping provide the income or anything towards that new home. Exactly. Yeah. Take us to the worst property you've ever been to kind of switching gears here, or maybe the worst showing. (laughs) I have some, I have some (laughs) stories, but um, I think the absolute worst that I saw was um, I was showing a couple, some homes from um, that was moving up from St. Mary's, Ohio to the area. And we had looked at a ton of properties and we went to a home in Perrysburg that um, was literally a hoarder's home. And so we walked in the front door and there was literally, I mean, you're talking a 3000 square foot home. There was literally a trail, you know, that you could walk through like a path that was like two feet wide. And so admittedly I am borderline OCD. I used to not be that way, but I believe now that I've been in this industry, I see what people want and, and I know what cleanliness just a little bit will sell versus you know, walking into a home where the beds aren't made. So this was eye-opening for me. And I could tell my clients as well, they were so intrigued. They didn't want to like turn around, even though they knew as soon as we walked in the house, it wasn't for them. I think they wanted to really see what this was. And the husband, like he wanted to go through every room. After a short period of time, the wife was kind of like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And 
for me, I felt so sorry for the people that live like that. I mean, you, you really don't realize you watch the hoarder shows on TV and you see what some of these family members go through. Mm -hmm. Like when they real, they come to the realization that people live like this, that they love. But I mean, these people had kids and there was, it was, it was awful. You opened the door to the basement and there was, you couldn't even see the steps. It was literally garbage bags piled to the ceiling in the basement. It oh, was, man. it was awful. So I think that was one of the worst, but again, it's, I felt sorry for the people that lived there. <laughs> it's just, it's sad. Wow. The sellers that you took for or through that house, the, they didn't end up buying that one, right? No, no. absolutely not. And then <laughs> Part of it is, you know, you always want to give feedback to the agent and constructiveness. And it's like, yeah, you know, my, my constructive feedback was simply, you need to warn people, like at least let them know what they're walking into, or have you been in the house? You know, sometimes, and that was a different, a little bit different market we were in back then, but you know, you should at least let people know what they're getting into when they walk in so that they're not complete. I mean, if I would have had kids with me too, it would have been a totally really oh, bad right. scenario. Yeah. Luckily yeah. it was just in, you know, a couple that was in their mid forties and, you know, no kids in tow, little kids or something. Cause it was hazardous really. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, those paths, anything could fall over. I didn't even think about having the scenario with kids in there that would make right. it yeah, more difficult. So you guys started um, your own brokerage the beginning of COVID, right? Is that what you were saying? Um, we we started it officially in no November 1st okay. of last year. So yeah, we started the plans during COVID when we were sitting at home <laughs> with not a lot to do. I was going to ask you, how did that transition period go for you? I know that time was, were you, so you were opened back up. It wasn't shut down, right? Right. Well, so in Ohio, we were considered... Um, Essential. I'm draw I'm drawing a blank on the word I'm looking for. Um, we were considered to be like needed in the industry. So yeah. we did not get shut down in Ohio. In Michigan, um, it was a different story. And being right on the border, we have agents that are licensed in both. Mm -hmm. So Michigan business came to a screeching halt while Ohio kept going, but with different rules and guidelines. Yeah. Um so we actually had a really, really busy um, year in 2020. We, we topped sales, um, you know, from prior years and, you know, people still wanted to be out. Um, it was more the people not wanting to list their properties and have all those people through. Um, but we kept busy regardless. We have a couple rental properties and, you know, we, went and worked on those and kept things moving. It, it was, it's tough when you're a type A sales personality, always on the go to just be confined to staying at home. So we made use of our time getting the brokerage set up and um, flipping some rental properties that we had, uh, you know, while they were vacant. So yeah, Works always busy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any goals you want to accomplish? For the rest of this year and the years to come? Um, I believe in, in the years to come, we're looking to, you know, maybe build our brokerage a little bit. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily believe in 
huge numbers of people. We believe in the quality of the professionals that we bring on to work on our team. Yeah. Uh, in a market like this, we find that, you know, a lot of people, it's kind of like the for sale by owner, you know, it seems so easy because houses are selling so quickly and with multiple offers that a lot of people think they can do it and they don't find the value in having an agent. Um, but there truly is a value. There's all kinds of pitfalls and trap doors that people don't anticipate. And it just makes the transaction tougher when you're dealing with, you know, that kind of a scenario. So we want to add more like-minded professionals into our brokerage um, and work with them to be as successful as what the agents we have now are. Um, my personal goals, um, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a year. And so I've kind of decided that I want to be in the best physical, mental, and emotional shape. Um, and I think coming out of COVID and the changing climate with, you know, everything that we've been seeing in the media for the past two years, um, I just want to get stronger and get past all that. And, um, you know, frankly, live a long time since I have a nine-year-old. <laughs> um, but, but I believe that, you know, positivity goes a long ways. And so that's, that's just huge for me. I always am very optimistic and, and I know that we're going to turn corners and we're going to get through all of this. Yeah, absolutely. If you could start over today with all the knowledge that you have, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, I believe that I'm a very introverted person, which is somewhat difficult in this, you know, in the role that I'm in. I believe a lot of that comes from uh, growing up in a, my dad worked for the government, we moved a lot. And when you're only living places, every couple of years, you're moving, you're making new friends, you have a tendency to um, be much closer to your family, which is not a bad thing. I, I value family immensely in my world, but I also find it very difficult to put myself out there. And so if I could change one thing, it would be to figure out how to be better at building relationships and getting myself a little bit more out of the box than, you know, what I like to stay in, in a comfort zone. Um, because I think relationships are huge, no matter what industry you're in. And those relationships build across, you know, jobs and families and everything. So relationships are big. Yeah, absolutely. If there's anything you could do to step outside your comfort zone, maybe you haven't done it yet, but what would that one thing be? Oh, geez. What would I do to step outside my comfort zone? You know, I'm a risk taker, but I, I really struggle to figure out how to step outside my comfort zone. Um, I'm trying to get involved with more um, local affiliations. And, and I believe like through doing volunteer work and things like that, I can help get past that. I've always had more of a nurturing um, ability. I like to be kind of in the background, making everyone else successful so it's easy for me to help people shine. And I haven't really figured out how to make myself shine, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I get it. 
Absolutely. Have you ever been on a podcast before this one? Uh, so my, n- not on a podcast, okay. but my dad used to be on a AM um, radio show called Real Estate Made Easy on Saturdays from noon to one. So he would go out of town periodically and he would send me in the studio and I swear it's a good thing you couldn't see my foot because I was probably like beat red, but it's very intimidating to be sitting in a radio station. You know, they're like trying to cue you up and you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, and that's yeah. live too, right? You that's not pre-recorded. Right. <laughs> right. You never know what questions you're going to get or people yeah. are going to call in. So yeah, that was tough, but yeah, I, I say I, that's a big one. This is good for me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Have you ever um, read a business book that you could recommend to anybody? Maybe once you guys grow your team. You know, I think the most beneficial book that I read is probably one a lot of people have heard of, and that's the um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective um, People. And I just think there's so many basic things in there that set people up for big life things like. Um, you know, it talks about setting goals. It talks about being proactive. It talks about, and this was always a big one for me. Um, the different, you know, you got to hear what people say, not just listen to what people say. Mm -hmm. And in this business, I find that oftentimes we're doing either listening, but we're not hearing. And you really have to hone in on some of those really basic skills in order to effectively lead people, but also to effectively help people. Yeah. So, you know, once in a while, I will reach back out to those most basic things because really real estate is a people business. And if you can't effectively communicate with people and set your own goals to get to that, you know, you're just never going to really do what you want to do in life. Yeah. I know that ties back into the relationships that you mentioned earlier as well. Being able to not only listen, but hear what people are saying, that's going to help build that relationship as well. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's true no matter what industry you're in. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the scenario of going to the doctor and telling them, you know, this is my ailments and they're trying to figure it out. If you're with somebody who's not listening to you know, maybe all the things that you're saying, you know, they may totally misdiagnose something. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's critical, you know, that it's such a critical piece that a lot of people just don't pay attention to, you know, and it's true for raising children. I mean, if you're not listening to them, this world has evolved so much from when I was growing up with no social media and no cell phones to trying to raise children where, you know, every seven and eight year old can navigate an iPad better than I can. And they're on all these multimedia sites. It's, it's almost kind of intimidating. So, you know, it's, it's just that constant evolving and, and being able to pay attention and hear what is going on in the environment around you. Yeah, absolutely. I know I sometimes wish that we could kind of go back to even when I was growing up, no cell phones, like just go back to that simple time right. where, where the kids don't have that. I know my seven-year-old, he's like, mom, can I have a cell phone for my birthday? No. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same. I mean, my son is nine and he has, we finally got him an Apple iWatch because, you know, he's running the, the streets with his friends yeah. and, you know, 
we're in a safe area. It's not about that. It's about, you know, he forgets that he needs to check in once in a while. And, you know, it's not like when we were growing up, when the street lights went on, we knew to go home, but you know, it's, it's just, it's a different time because mm-hmm. they have so much technology now that they just don't remember to just come home. <laughs> yeah. So I can find him now. Right. Yeah. Cause those have trackers, don't they? On those right, watches. Yeah. yeah. That's yes. funny. How can people get a hold of you? So the best way to get a hold of me is um, either by email or phone. My number is 419-704-5995 or katie, K-A-T-I-E, at epichomes.group. Awesome. I like it. Is there anything else you want to share with everyone before we go? No, I don't think so. I appreciate you having me on and, you know, happy to answer any questions people might have regarding real estate. Sweet. Well, hey, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Are you Hello? there? Are you there? Are you there? Hey guys, we just wanted to thank you for uh, listening on uh, either uh, podcast or on uh, the YouTube video here. If you guys wanted to subscribe, that would be awesome. That would mean a lot to us. And if you guys could give us a five star review as well, that would be amazing. And we'll see you on the next one. See ya.